1: at compass-ltd.com, and make sure you, while you're at the website, to scroll on down to the radio section of the page. You can check out past shows. You can look at bad pictures of me. You can subscribe <laughs> to our program on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. Don't hesitate to reach out to us with questions, or you know, even set up a face-to-face meeting. During our episode today, though, we're going to be talking about smart ways to save up for major purchases. Saving up for Purchases like cars, home repairs, significant vacations, it will help you avoid relying too heavily on credit cards, which can get very dangerous. Doing all you can to avoid increasing your debt will help you stay on track to enjoy the kind of retirement you've been working so hard for. But before we dive into some ideas for saving up, before you make a major purchase, I am pleased to introduce the always effervescent Tony Shore, Tony, how you doing today?
0: Well, I'm doing good, but I'm looking up the word effervescent. Let's see here. I'm sure it's some kind of negative slang. Derogatory. Do you need to know what letter it starts with? D- <laughs> Is that an A and E or a... No, I'm kidding. I-, I know what that means. Thank you for the great introduction. And, you know, you're talking about smart ways to save. And, of course, that's always... It's better than dumb ways to save, I suppose. So I'm glad we're going to go over those. But we've got a lot to cover today. I mean, we were talking before the show. We've got to talk about the coronavirus, honey roasted peanuts.
1: I know we're going to. True. That's
0: a big controversy. There's a lot in the news to talk the about. The
1: best things to stockpile and why. Oh,
0: yeah. We were talking about why are people stockpiling uh, what they are. They're stockpiling Perel and toilet paper in case they get quarantined.
1: So yeah, much more important than food. There's.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would. They wouldn't, you know, uh, the top of my list would probably be food and water. But yeah. yeah, the stores are all out of toilet paper. It's like, what's going on?
1: Well, we know what's not going on <laughs> is no one's installed the fancy uh, toilet seats.
0: <laughs> or the the uh, the French or European, the bidets. Right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We need those. And then you don't have to worry about the toilet
1: paper. They're almost stock in most toilets in Japan, even like most household toilets. Oh, now yeah. Have, yeah. Are, uh, they're just destroying the United States in, in plumbing technology. And <laughs> well, honestly, they are. And uh, but it's also much more hygienic. So that might be something that we can talk about. This is a saving up for a major purpose is a nice. Fancy well,
0: thing uh, everybody's concerned that the United States has fallen behind. In uh, readiness for the coronavirus, Uh, but you're saying there's an even bigger issue in plumbing.
1: I don't understand. I mean, it's I'm not saying bigger, perhaps equal. We've really fallen behind in the world of the
0: United States is behind in the world of plumbing. I mean, Japan's really uh, kind of uh, kicking our butts, so to speak.
1: So to speak. In this particular arena. For sure.
0: Particular arena. All right, so. Uh, You know, saving up money, saving smartly so we can make like major purchases rather than going into debt to make a major purchase. Obviously, um, that sounds simple and wise. And I'm pretty good with a buck. I try to be thoughtful when making financial decisions. Unless it's record albums and pizza, then I blow a lot of money unnecessarily. Yeah, you go overboard. I do. But I'm willing to bet that like most people, I've probably bought something on credit when with a little more planning, I might have been able to save and pay for it outright. I, I think we're probably all guilty of that. So let's jump into this. I think this is a good topic. You have some tips for us, right?
1: I do. And instead of just always saying I'm just from myself and my point of view, I like to find, you know, other articles that might references these things. So that maybe I, you know, people will not just see it. it's not just me thinking it, but there are some other things out right. there. there. There was one in Wells Fargo Lifescape, so It's called smart ways to save for a major purchase and it states it pretty simply. You have to make the decision to save and then you have to stick with it. And to that end, you know, they have some advice on how you can make it happen. And the first thing they recommend is setting up a separate account that's dedicated only to large purchases you may think of this when you were a kid, like the Christmas club account, like your mother, you know, your parents used to have, I always remember my mother with the Christmas club account at the, going to the bank when you used to go into banks when we were kids, Tony, but yeah. I don't think people do that no, anymore. I don't think but, so. Uh, you, know, you keep them separate from your primary account. It allows you to track how your savings plan is going. And it also reduces the temptation to spend money in your day-to-day life.
0: Yeah. And I, and I think when it comes to our money, especially when it comes to saving our money, uh, the thought of uh, out of sight, out of mind, isn't such a bad philosophy. Keep the money you're saving up for something big in a different account or have it taken right out of your paycheck uh, would, uh, I guess, mean we're less likely to, uh, you know, spend extra money or, or spend it away at the grocery store or gas station or somewhere like that.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, and again, it's relatively easy to set up some of these accounts, at, especially online now with your banking institutions. So it's certainly something to think about. Uh, another piece of the article, pay yourself first, or in this case, predetermine the amount you want to save and then have it directly deposited into your separate account. Again, take advantage of some of these online things that people have on at their banking institutions. They make it almost foolproof for you to be able to take these things and put them into separate accounts and keep a good eye on what's going on. Make sure your savings amount goes into it account. Into that account doesn't uh, means you won't have to worry about tracking it out of your regular account as you pay bills and buy the things you need during the month, and you're not accidentally dipping into those goals that you're saving for.
0: I like it, but, you know it is simple, but it can be an effective way to get that new car or maybe a vacation without getting swallowed up by debt. So, what else do you have for us?
1: So another critical point the article makes is to track your progress on a monthly or at very least quarterly basis, but don't just rely on yourself to check in, you know, have have a trusted relative, a friend, or even better, your financial services professional, check in on your progress. That's helping people figure things like these out and taking the steps to make sure they happen. That's one of the things we consider part of our service to our clients. we're We're not bothered when people call and help and ask for help on how to get these things done. So, Oh, make sure your financial services professional. will do that for you. If not, find one that will.
0: Right. There you go. And I think that makes perfect sense. Um, you know, recruiting someone you trust to hold you accountable to a plan. That's not something I thought of before. But as you were talking there, uh, a light bulb went off for me because it makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. It's like nearly every other financial decision we make. I recommend people meet with a trusted financial services professional to talk over their strategy. Financial services professionals, they're equipped to handle things like retirement planning, investing, purchasing, you know, insurance. Work with a planner, work with somebody who really comes in that planning background and that way you know that they're gonna be taking your whole situation into account. And a lot of them have insights into ways to effectively go about saving for a major financial purchase. And again, like I said, best of all, their ideas are going to factor in things like your retirement goals and your current investments, plus the, the things, all the other working pieces that you already have going
0: on. Yeah, and you know, I'm totally on board with working with a, a financial professional. Uh, I know a guy, as a matter of fact. Uh, Do you now? Yeah, I'm not gonna. We can't name names on the show, Matthew Brunner. But uh, when it comes to saving money, they're going to be able to look at your overall financial picture. And Matt, I know this is what you do for your clients and determine how we're saving and spending and how that might affect our future, especially as it relates to retirement.
1: Yeah. Getting a second opinion, never a bad thing. You know, Whether it's a home repair, an insurance policy, there's no reason to not get insights from someone who has a strong level of expertise, at least in my opinion.
0: And that's why we're here for your opinion, Matt. And this is good stuff. Some great tips. But before we move on, let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you to set up that complimentary no-cost, no-obligation consultation.
1: Well, that's very, very simple. You can call us, 800-339-9252, or you can visit us online at compass-ltd.com. I know you know we're talking about what do you put away and what are your stockpile Listen, even if people make you stay home, no matter when you call us, we can answer the phone at the office or even at our houses if they make us stay home. We have, we can always stay connected. We have every piece of media available to get you online. We can talk to you via all sorts of media. Uh, there's no reason to not be able to reach out, and we're always going to keep an eye on these things and help. Help! <laughs> I've been taking some calls today from people. What do we do if the corona? Well, don't worry. We just uh, we'll meet on Skype. Yeah, you know. So yeah. uh, the. You, we're not going to force you into sitting down in our office, but if you want to take advantage of taking sitting down and, and having a complimentary consultation, there's there's lots of ways we can
0: do that. Yeah, that's good. That's a good point right there. And I want to remind listeners that this is The Financial Compass with our host, Matthew Brunner, and myself, your co-host, Tony Shore. And today, Matt, we're talking about ways we can save the money we need to make major purchases. Great conversation. Let's push forward with this uh, what else do you have?
1: Uh, I want to, in relation to what we talked about in the first segment, we I thought it'd be interesting to focus on something that tends to be a major purchase for nearly everyone, and that's a car. Oh,
0: I thought you were gonna. Uh, I thought you were gonna say a truckload of toilet paper.
1: <laughs> that would be more topical, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> and specifically on this, should you buy a brand new car or a newer used car? Yeah, let's not you know, talk
0: about the- newer used toilet paper.
1: Oh, they better stick to oh, cars. Why, why did you have to put that uh, in your yeah. head? Oh my god. Okay, let's do what we can to get away from that. What's what's the smarter financial play for newer used car here? Now, if you're saving money to purchase a car rather than financing it, what's going to get you the most bang for your buck?
0: Well, obviously, I think it's a used car. Um, I don't know. I uh, we used to. My wife and I went through the stage where we bought a new car, and then. Now we've realized, wow, you can really save so much money just getting a slightly used low mile car, you know, with low mileage. Yep.
1: There's a lot to be said for this. So, you know, number one, some people only want new cars. Yeah. Some people never want a new car. Right. So I think the important thing is to think about some of the differences and some of the pluses, minuses, advantages, and disadvantages of purchasing both new and used. Uh, There's a, there's an article uh, from the TheBalance.com, buying a new car versus buying a used car. So how, how perfect is that for this discussion? It is perfect. Uh, as, yeah, as the article notes, the first and perhaps biggest advantage to buying a brand new car is the warranty. Uh, most new cars require a few repairs during the first couple of years. You're behind the wheel. Something unexpected does happen. You're on the hook to pick up the tab. They also have the latest and greatest technology. Uh, A lot of times that really holds tremendous appeal for a lot of people, especially listening to people listening to podcasts rather than on a turn dial AM radio. (laughs) You know, certain technologies might improve your gas mileage, which helps more of your money. It keeps more of your money in your pocket. And then there's other things like, you know, the new tech that even drives cars, electric and things like that. It's a lot harder to find some of those used.
0: True. But and that sounds great. But I'm sensing there's a but coming.
1: Well, um, like Pee Wee Herman did say, everyone I know has a big butt, and there is a butt here. (laughs) Uh, The the biggest strike against buying new, simply your car takes a major depreciation hit, not just during the first two or three years you drive it, but as soon as you drive it off that lot. Essentially, the depreciation means you're blowing thousands of dollars that you can't make back. Depreciation itself is often enough to convince buyers to stay away from a brand new car, But I should say there's plenty of people who get used cars thinking, well, I can do this, 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 and this to it. And they're not going to get that back either. I have a friend who consistently buys cars, upgrades them, does a ton of stuff. He doesn't recoup it. He just likes it as the hobby part. So if you can accept that part, great. But otherwise, depreciation, especially on a new car, is going to be a big
0: factor. Yeah. And, you know, another it's a smaller factor. But I've read about uh, sometimes when you buy new vehicles, you might end up with a company's first model on a redesign or a brand new model and those can come with recalls and mechanical problems down the road but when you buy gently used uh you're getting something that's already been through those tests
1: there's definitely something to be said from that but i'd also you know i, I it's not it shouldn't be the be-all end-all no. i i've had plenty of used cars where when i bought them i still get notices that there's a recall yeah on a thing you know, seven eight nine ten years that's down the true. line so airbags or you know this particular sensor they they can happen but again that's not that's not really a plus or minus on that recalls are generally covered by the by the maker so it's not something you have to pay that's for true. you're just point. inconvenienced but um but i get it it can be a, it can be a headache at times um and i'm glad you did i'm really glad you brought it up but um I, that can be something that happens
0: with both so what else uh can you tell us about used cars what's another advantage?
1: Okay, here, Uh, used car's biggest advantage, it's tied directly to a new car's biggest disadvantage, and that's depreciation. When you buy a used car, you're letting someone else take that depreciation.
0: Hit ah, yeah.
1: Yep, they've already done it, right? I mean, you can look at it. Some Last year's model uh, on the lot is way less than what that person paid for it for the year, right? It's If you need more proof, just look at last year's model on the lot. Whatever they paid in that one year doesn't come close to, what that sticker price is now. So when you buy used, even a very new used car, you enhance your ability to pay cash because depreciation's taken such a large bite out of the sticker price. And buying used also gives you a chance to read a broad selection of reviews on the model that you've had your eye on. Depending on your model, you might even save a few bucks on your insurance if you choose used over new.
0: Well, yeah. And some good points right there. And they seem like very solid reasons to buy a good, reliable used car, but I'm guessing used cars also have negatives as well, right?
1: Well, yeah, Tony, absolutely. The The fact is a used car might not be as reliable as a new one. Therefore you might end up paying more for repairs. My mother always said, you know, when you buy a used car, you're buying someone else's problems. That could be true. Uh, but you know, uh, she she liked new ones, but she keeps cars for fifteen you know, at least years. So she got her money yeah money's worth out of them. But you do have the option of buying a certified pre owned car, and that should help address some of your reliability concerns. And when it comes to used cars, you might have to make small sacrifices on things like color, interior designs, you know, because once you've identified the model you want, you might have to focus on bigger factors like mileage or the car's overall condition.
0: Yeah. Yeah, good point. And, you know, for me, a big factor in the new versus used debate is simply that cars today are better than they ever have been, thanks to technology. Mm-hmm. A lot of cars don't need significant repairs until they've rolled well over the 100,000 mile mark these days.
1: Yeah, some of them don't even need as frequent maintenance. You know, the oil changes right? have been spaced out now. There's a lot to be said about that. In the end, each person has to decide what they value. Some people just want to be in a new car. You just have to understand what the disadvantages are, you know, and in addition to the advantages you're looking for. And some people are just as happy with a used car. If you're trying to keep up with the Joneses, you're probably not going to do in a used car, right? And if you want to just make sure that you're getting from A to B, a new car is probably not the way to go. It all depends on what your goals are and what you're aiming for. Uh, generally speaking, though, you should be able to completely pay your car off in three years if you do choose to finance unless you can find more creative ways to do it. And again, that's based more upon your unique situation, but a decent rule of thumb, try and get it down in three years if you can.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's the classic debate, whether you should buy a newer used car, and you've given us some great food for thought and stuff to think about in making that decision. And this has been a good one so far. Uh, What else do you have for us? What's next?
1: Uh, Let's talk about, I think, uh, a big piece here. Uh, Next thing I want to talk about, collegeinvestor.com article how to save cash for large purchases and I think it'll shed more light on what we've been talking about today you know we talked so far you know we've talked about the car thing and and well let's let's talk about this let it suggests taking a temporary break from your other financial goals in order to meet your purchase goal now, it doesn't mean ignoring something like your retirement strategy but if you're doing something like making an extra monthly mortgage payment, taking a break from that might better position you to save cash to buy a car, replace out some worn out appliances or get that leaky roof fixed.
0: Right. And so a very temporary break to meet an urgent goal with the expectation then that you get back to it once the urgent goal is met. Is that what you're saying?
1: Exactly. Now, hopefully you have a plan in place. Once you get a plan in place, most of these things are going to be planned for anyhow, but maybe you don't. Right. So maybe you haven't been working with a financial planner or somebody that does work from that planning perspective. So these are some good ways to fix that in the meantime, saving, save the money for a new car as quickly as you can. Then get back to your other less pressing financial goals. The, The article also suggests trying to pick up extra work. I mean, you'd think that would kind of go without being said, but. You know, sometimes it doesn't. There's online job sites, there's business opportunities, there's thousands of ways to put some extra money in your pocket. Taking a temporary job for, say, six months might be all you need to make that big purchase without increasing your debt load. And I'll tell you, especially when it comes to cars, when I was younger, just out of college, and I was bartending, uh, I had an older guy, a family guy, and he worked bartending. He worked four nights a week bartending, and he did it with the express purpose of buying a specific year and model Porsche 911. Oh. Wow. And he knew what he wanted wow. and he and he did it. He earned all that money bartending. Wow. Put that money away, every dollar he made from that shift, and that's how he got that car. So, it, I can tell you, that is a great piece of advice if you need that, if you want that extra thing, work the extra hours.
0: And it turns out it only took him a month because he was skimming cash out of the till. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I am totally kidding. I am totally kidding. But no, that you know, it's like the janitor who lives next door. Oh, he's yeah. the janitor at the school and then it turns out he's a multimillionaire because he knows how to save and spend money wisely, right? Yeah. Or invest yeah. wisely because he he works with a financial professional. And uh I think this is great and it seems logical. So one question I have about what we are talking about here is how long should the goal process last? I mean, you talked about a bartender working four nights a week until he saved up enough for a Porsche. Should you keep going until you have the amount of money you need, or do you set a firm calendar date? How does that work?
1: What order do you want me to answer this?
0: Okay, I guess that's more than one question.
1: No, Okay, now, so uh, uh, a firm deadline is a must, crystallizes your goal. You know, if, if Any goal you have, I think, Number 1, write it down and then number 2, give it a date. It allows you to clearly track your progress and doesn't mean you should give up if you don't hit the date, but have the deadline. It can it, first of all, without a deadline, feels like you're saving and sacrificing forever with no end in Good sight. Point. And and you know, with that date, you're more likely to make actionable steps that are achievable to make that goal a reality.
0: Yeah, so set the goal, reach the goal as quickly as you can. It sounds a little daunting, but when you're driving around in that car you've been wanting and you're doing it without a car payment, it's going to seem worth it. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We all have big financial goals, things like building for the retirement we really want, sending kids off to college, whatever it may be. With the smaller but still important things like cars, it's important to make financial decisions that aren't going to have a negative effect on your bigger plan.
0: Right. And like many people, I've had that wonderful feeling uh, where I make my last car payment. That's a, that's oh, yeah. a good feeling. But this mm-hmm. conversation today has inspired me to imagine what it would be like to hand the car dealer a check for the full amount and drive the car off the lot, knowing I'll never have to make a payment on it. Um, I guess you could call that financial liberation. I like it. Uh, now as usual, our time has flown by. We're almost out of time, Matt. Is there anything else you want to add for our listeners?
1: If, if any of this stuff makes sense, or, or even more importantly, if it sparks any more questions in your mind, give us a call or look us up online, schedule a complimentary consultation. There's no cost or obligation when you come in, Talk. say you've heard it on the show, you want a complimentary consultation. We'll sit down. We'll talk about some of the steps you can take to put things like this into motion. And also, more, even more importantly, like I have said a couple of times during the show, to get an actual financial plan in place where most of these things are already lined up. You know how to, you know what you're going to do to achieve those goals. And you can achieve that always important thing I'm I'm always talking about, which is living the life you want today while keeping an eye on the life you want to have in the future.
0: I think that's a great way to end the show. Just uh, one more time, give that phone number and web address in case our listeners want to contact you.
1: Sure. It's 800-339-9252. Or you can visit us online at compass-ltd.com.
0: All right, and that does it for today's episode of The Financial Compass with our host, Matt Brunner. Thank you for listening to The Financial Compass. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Matthew Brunner at Comprehensive Planning Associates. Call 800-339-9252.